Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm super hyped for my guest today, drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers uh, in 2020 in the fifth round. Uh, Hayden Cantrell, how are you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I'm hyped to talk to you. Uh, how has your offseason been? Um, it's been a, it's been another good offseason. I'd say um, I think each offseason you learn a little bit more than last year. Um, obviously, you have games. Um, and for me, it was great to finally get a full season under my belt. Um, for one in pro ball, but uh, since college, I hadn't really gotten to play a consistent amount of baseball. So, um, you know, for this offseason, we had uh, some things definitely we needed to work on. Uh, and I think we, I, we, I mean, my team and, and I, we attacked it pretty relentlessly. And, um, you know, it's just good to be back here in spring training to go test it all out again. But um, I definitely say this, this offseason has been one of the most productive. I think I've I feel like I'm. I say that every year, but um, you know, definitely has been taking levels up. That. So, what have you been doing this off season to kind of level up, like you you were saying? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of things that we looked at is you know I looked at my movement and um, throughout the season, um, you know, and and to see how what ways could it be more productive on the field for um, whether it be for throwing accuracy. That was definitely one thing I wanted to work on this off season. Um, you know, getting stronger and faster. So. Um, you know, a lot of people would say that, you know, as you get older, it becomes harder to make speed gains. And I would agree with that, but, um, definitely made more speed gains from last year. Um, just learning more things about running and, um, you know, allowed my body to work a little bit more efficiently. Um, and so we really targeted that this off season. Well, you are, you are already considered like an elite runner. Like, like you just, you, you adding speed to that, like watch out, you know, baseball world. Yeah, I mean, everything is connected. So I, I feel like the more I'm working on my best skills, um, always t I take pride in the way I run. Um, but, you know, I think I feel like I kind of left out. Um, you know, it's also about showing up every day for work. So alongside being explosive, you know, there's tons of recovery that has to be done when you play the way I play. And, um, you know, I feel like this offseason was a lot of, was a lot about practicing my recovery methods uh, alongside some intense training that could kind of simulate um, the rigor that I guess I would go through in a game. But, um, you know, definitely wanted to protect myself at the same time. So, um, you know, working on movement patterns that keep me safer, uh, you know, because I want to play this game for as long as I can. So um, you got to start those steps now if that's the plan. Yeah, no, I respect that. And definitely, hopefully we're seeing you in a Brewers uniform soon and then for a long time uh, after that. Um. All right. So you you were mentioning. Sure, by the way. Oh right. Oh, so I'm a huge. I'm. I'm I. This is funny. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because uh, Spider Superman is like one of my least favorite like superheroes. Interesting. Yeah, like I'm a big Spider-Man guy. Like I, you know, comic books. Like I obviously I haven't seen the newest movie, but I've seen all the movies. But um, yeah. for some reason, like I, I, when I look for shirts, like I, I'll wear any superhero shirt. But uh, and yeah. I always find Superman shirts, and I don't really find enough Spider-Man shirts. So I have a ton of Superman shirts, a couple yeah. Spider-Man shirts, but uh, yeah, no, not 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 enough though. Um, have you me and I always watch uh, the original Superman movie? That's one of my favorites. So Superman was growing up my favorite. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man. I was Spider-Man for like four consecutive Halloweens. Yeah. So um, that's funny you brought that up. No, no, no. It's cool. Um, and I was asking you about your shirt too, actually. Uh. Your your Ballinger group is that's your uh, your agency. Yeah, that's um, that's uh Scott Lonergan is my agent, and uh, you know he works for the Ballinger group, and uh, they do a good job hooking me up with equipment every year, uh, and making sure I'm straight. So shout out to them. Yeah, I know. I saw. I see you posting on Instagram all that swag you've been getting. Yeah, man, they hook it up for me. Uh, I got Fr Franklin Sports uh, on the batting gloves. Um, let's see. I got Dovetail and Marucci with the bats. Um, Adidas kind of with the cleats. I kind of mix it up though, but right now I'm wearing the Adidas cleats. Um, what else I got? I got, uh, Canadips, the CBD pouches. Shout out to Canadips. They've been hooking me up. Oh, Canadips. Um, okay. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a dip alternative. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, 
It's a uh, non-psychoactive, THC-free, tobacco-free, nicotine-free, uh, and just CBD. So uh, I'm a guy that I'll actually destroy the wall of my mouth because, like, I'll chew. Like, that's my, like, my, my nervous tick, if you will. I, like, chew the inside of my mouth. So if I have, like, a toothpick in, I'm good, but that's kind of dangerous. I did that in college. So we're trying to go away from the toothpick in the mouth. Um, and I, I don't think I'm actually supposed to be having anything in my mouth while I'm playing, but, um, definitely on the yard, those guys hooked me up. And then, uh, I got Marucci with the gloves. Um, and then I think that's about it for the equipment. So Jeez. shout out to those. Yeah. Look at you living the dream. Got, got, got to <laughs> plug all, got to plug all the people necessary. I respect that. I respect that. Uh, so, um, before we started, you were talking to me about your day. Like how has the spring training been for, for the minor leaguers and now, um, obviously the big leaguers are kind of heading, are they in camp with you guys now? Uh, yes, they are. And, um, actually at the beginning, I was there for early camp. I was there about a couple weeks earlier. Um, I think it's to kind of help us get back into the routine, mm-hmm. uh, which is always good for me. I enjoy being at the complex around the guys, um, get to a certain point where with the off season where it gets kind of stagnant mm-hmm. you got tons of work done and then for me all of my friends that i train with they play college baseball so okay they leave for their season and then it's kind of i'm trying to find things by myself a little bit so to come out here is nice um but basically what our day's been um we get to the i get to the field around 8 30 ish and then they have breakfast for us which is awesome and then we'll start going through our uh our early work sessions um, and then we'll, then we'll go stretch and we'll start going through our, uh, defense and then we'll do our hitting. And then, um, depending on your day, um, you may have a live at bat session or, or not. So, um, that was about last week. And then, um, as the beginning of this week began, we started into games, uh, got back in a little bit more game flow. So, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you're either in the game group or, or you're on the practice group. So it just depends every day you check the schedule, but, um, I think games are starting to ramp up now. So. Um, for the most part, it's going to be about coming to the field, um, may have a little bit of work to do and then get ready and play a game. So, um, cause once it starts, you know, we're going to be going till, till about October. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in reality, I, I always felt like the importance was on the games, getting good at playing the games, playing defense, getting on and off the field and kind of getting used to that flow. And that's what you get really good at, but spring training has also been great to have focus on your skills. Um, they give us time to go through our hitting routine, uh, whatever it is that we have to work on. Um, and then defensively really helping us out positionally. And me, I'm, I play utility. So I go from short second and third. So they're helping me out all over the place and, uh, and switch hitter. I got two swings. So those guys are helping me out. Mm-hmm. So, um, getting our work in at the, at the field for sure. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I play uh, I play video games with um, Antoine Kelly. Uh, so he was telling me that he he's been there for a minute too. Um, at the, like the pre spring training that that some some of the minor leaguers had. So yeah, he was talking to me about that a couple of days ago. Yeah, really helps with the flow for sure. No, no, absolutely. So uh, let's talk about like your YouTube channel. Like obviously that's something that you you take pride in. You do a great job. I watched a couple of your videos. You kind of document. Uh, like a day in the life of, um, and I love the fact that you're doing that because I feel like, well, first of all, I'm sure you can agree, baseball has a problem with like marketing, um, and I love the fact that people are starting to kind of take that into their own hands, right? Um, yeah. You see a lot of guys with podcasts, like the the Compound, uh, those guys have a great podcast. Um, you see minor leaguers now kind of popping up, um, doing their own YouTube uh, channel, uh, podcast. Like, how is that going for you? What, what kind of got you started in that? You know, I um, that started. The whole YouTube thing, I guess, by itself, you know, we always have, I think my age, we all really grew up with like Instagram and then Twitter was really big for us. But um, yeah, I think growing up, I always kind of like, I was always kind of looking at what like the YouTubers were doing. I always had some intrigue at, at putting together longer projects. Um, my dad was a broadcaster, like a okay. broadcast major. So he, when I was growing up, he would do baseball games on TV and whatnot. So really growing up. I always got to watch like that creativity of putting together a script and, and all that stuff. So, um, but I didn't really ever start documenting. I was in the Cape Cod league my first summer, um, right after my freshman year of college. And I brought the camera out for a couple of days and just mess around. I'd bought a cheap GoPro from one of my friends. He hooked me up with a deal and it was a simple like button press. And then, um, 
I had some te- I had some old outdated software. I think it was uh, it was Cyberlink. I was using Cyberlink. I use Adobe now, but I was using Cyberlink back then, and I put together a a, a very subpar project in my opinion. Uh, but we were in Cape Cod, and I just took in a bunch of clips of me shagging, and then us uh, getting ready for the game, and whatnot, my equipment, and then. Um, I made that video and it kind of like, while I was in the Cape Cod, people were like, oh, you made that YouTube video about being in the Cape. And I was like, yeah, um, and like, you should make another one. So I'd only really planned on making one video and being proud of that project. And then uh, all of a sudden people were like, hey, are you you're the vlog guy? And then when people start saying it over and over again, you start to realize it's like, man, I actually yeah. really did enjoy making and putting together that project. Um, and then, you know, for me, the way it is, I'm kind of, I'm kind of relentless with the little little hobbies like that like like golf i'll go all in and for yep, yep. I'll, I'll play it really hard <clears throat> well like i caught this little this little momentum with youtube and then i got in the habit of you know developing a skill of being able to get content and you know i try to do my best way of um enhancing the perspective for the viewer as much as i can because um, i know what it was like to be a kid um super curious i'm an oldest child so I was the one who's got to go learn everything um, besides my parents. So to do that, I had, I, I was going through YouTube. I was, I was blessed to learn how to use the search bar on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I was always trying to find what was college baseball. Like what was uh summer baseball? The Cape Cod was something I really wanted to learn about. Um, so that's where I decided to make my first video. I, I, there was like, I was like, there's no videos here mm-hmm. that say the Cape Cod league, whatever, or there's not enough. There's that none that are recent. So, I took that time to go jump into that niche and then all of a sudden college baseball players around the world kind of not necessarily because I was preaching anything about myself or I really was being super personal. But I think at at the beginning, most people saw that I was the only one putting stuff out. And then I think after a while, my personality started to show through. And Mm -hmm. then now I became a little bit of like a like like I have fans now. So um, and 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 it's very unique to see I was. A lot of times, maybe it's some people who just wanted to see something about baseball. Maybe they were curious about a thumbnail or something, and then now they, they like following me because they respect what I do. So, yeah. um, honestly, it has more to do with – it has a lot to do with how um, I feel like the next generation can learn about the game. I think I'm I'm pretty like uh, – I have feel. I have good feel, so I feel like people who watch my videos could definitely get good baseball feel or whatnot, you know, because there's definitely – places where there's not good baseball feel. Yeah. So if anything, I want the viewers around who watch my videos to be informed uh, more so than the average person. And, um, but yeah. And then also too, I actually um, like I'm a vlogger. Some people would call me like uh, I blog, but looking back, I look at it more as like an archive because at a certain point you could be so caught up in the, in the design taste or how you created a project Mm-hmm. Um, that you can completely lose sense as why you're doing it or how you enjoyed it. So for me, it became about cranking out the projects. And then I enjoyed the thrill of rewatching my projects. I stopped worrying about how much views it became because, mm-hmm. you know, like there's certain videos that are like, they're super easy to make, but it's not like what I want to spend time editing. So like, for example, like every time I'll upload a video about like what's in my baseball bag, like that's one of the most searched things you could have on YouTube. So every time I make those, those have way more views. But when I, when I turn on my YouTube channel, maybe it'd be five years, five, 10 years from now, I want to go be like, what was I on back then? What were like, what were the thoughts I was having? Mm-hmm. So because of that, that's why I have the transparency. I don't have the transparency for, any for whoever's watching the video even though it may come across that way yeah for more so it's for my own self to go watch back and be like that's what i was thinking and it's cool to see how you evolve over time and that's been the coolest part about doing the whole youtube process that's crazy so you you obviously take your camera with you everywhere are there any like players who are like dude don't film me or are are there any players who are like yeah man like they think they're the next actor and they want to be on camera that's certainly everybody wants to be like I'm surprised because I'm overly cautious. Like yeah. I come from, I come from place of town where like I have good baseball fields. So mm-hmm. I would, I understand when people don't want to be all, like filmed and like, I respect that because of that. Like even when I I'm around people, I like, bro, don't worry about it. I cut the heck out of this. Like there's mm-hmm. no worries, but 
um, a lot of times people are like, when are you taking the camera out? And it keep, catches me off guard more times than not. So, um, yeah, to be honest, it's, it's, it's awesome that, to have people who are as animated mm-hmm. um, that, that have that like to be social and they like to um, they give a, a cool perspective because I can only give my own end. Right, right. And somebody wants to butt in like I almost consider paying guys like that. Like if I was going to have somebody in my video, I would say, hey, man, can I come video around you? I would pay you something. Um, and there's people that want to do that for free, just like me. So yeah. I forget that a lot of the times, too. But. Um, yeah, I more times than not aid on the side of caution. Yeah. And I regret that to a degree, but that's usually how it goes. That's crazy. So who's who on the on the brewers in the organization like loves the camera the most? Like who have you found like when you have it out, they're just like, you gotta get me in this video, man. I mean, everybody on my row is 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 fr- uh, camera friendly on my row. I mean, everybody next to me, um, I took the camera out on the first day of spring training and Joe had on the overalls. I saw that. He, he, he a little funny <laughs> skit. Javon was funny. Um, and then my boys, uh, I always hang out with Corey LG uh, and then Dillard. And, you know, usually everybody I put the camera on, they'll, they'll at least do something because I'm not, I'm not going to let any of my boys look stupid on camera. Right, also, right. never going to do that. So um, I think a lot of my friends have a lot of freedom whenever they can be around me with the camera. Uh, and I think they enjoy that. So that's always fun. Yeah, no, I, I've tried to get Dillard on. I've messaged him. He hasn't responded to me though. I had, um, I had, uh, I've had a couple guys from the Brewers. I've had Antoine, of course. Um, I've had uh, Jarvis, um, Bennett. Who else have I had? Um, yeah, I had, I had uh, uh, Abner Uribe. That was a trip, though. I'm not gonna lie because I, he had his translator, and it was just a weird dynamic. It was something I've never done. It was cool though. Like it was cool to talk to him yeah. through his di- through a translator, but like it was just a different dynamic because. All the emotion is in Spanish, and then his, his translator can't really relay that same like emotion. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was a different dynamic, but it was still cool to get to talk to him. That dude throws gas like absolutely just blows people away. Um, really cool guy too, though. Um, oh my guy, Gillies, uh, Tyler Gillies. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I had him on. He uh, that's cool. What's like that's a cool dude. Have you ever uh, have you ever th- uh, thrown with him or talked to him or not? Yeah, I've been around him a lot. Yeah, he's a he's he's an awesome guy. I, I I enjoy my time being around him. He's certainly good energy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about high school. So uh, when did you start playing baseball, and when did you realize you were good at it and good enough to make um, something out of it? So I was. Um, I think baseball was one of the first things I could do. Um, I grew up. I was the oldest, um, but I would go back and forth between my dad and my mom's house and. Um, at my dad's, my dad was a college baseball player himself. So, like, there's videos of him bouncing balls to me at 18 months and me hitting it. So, I could do that well before I could do anything. And then I grew up, I always wanted a wiffle ball field in my backyard. It's all I did all summer. Um, but at, at age, like, 13, I hit, like, uh, I hit, like, a brick wall as far as, like, like physicality and mm-hmm. not being strong enough. I was always – I would always consider myself the most athletic guy on the field. I feel like I always have been, but at that age specifically, that's when a bunch of kids were hitting puberty and flying past me. And I was, I was late. I just was late and I was already undersized to begin with. Um, so it was at that point where I kind of like, I really considered if baseball was it for me. Um, I feel like my whole life, I wanted to be the, the major league baseball player. Uh, number one, that's why I, what I wanted to be. And it was at that moment and I always played other sports my whole life too, but around 13 is really when I like reopened my options. I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent just a baseball player. I needed to, I needed to understand some other things. I wanted to go enjoy other stuff because baseball is not, I, I can't thrive right now. Uh, the fastball is getting blown away by me. I used to be a good pitcher and throw hard. Guys were hitting me hard now. Um, I was flying out when the other guys were hitting home runs, just, just that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. high school, I was still the young guy. I did football. I really enjoyed football. Um, and I really think that's where a lot of my confidence came from um, when I wasn't a really good baseball player. Or not great. I just wouldn't say it not as dominant. But I really would say in that high school level, I really got into other sports. Football, I really started getting some interest from other schools for football. Um, and then my junior year, I ran track. But um, my first sophomore year, um, 
my first year of varsity, I was ineligible my freshman year. So I had a, a taste in my mouth of not being like, I couldn't qualify. I couldn't even play it because mm. of feeder school rules. I was supposed to go to another private school. I went to this one. Um, so anyways, I, I was, I, I did well on the freshman team that summer. Um, I got asked to, or I got offered to play on the varsity summer baseball team. Cause when I played, we were like, I was the last like group of kids who were forced to play like, you have to play with your school team in the summer. Oh, okay. Like there was showcase ball. So when I played, I had to play my tail off every, if I was ever in front of anybody, whether that had been a college coach um, or, or whatnot. So I actually did good that summer um, enough to have an opportunity to play on the varsity team. Um, and then my, my, my first varsity year, I played really well. Um, and at the, at the beginning of district, I was on fire and that was when we played in our crosstown rival. Um, and that's when like, uh, university of Louisiana, the place where I went to school, that's where they first saw me play like as a high school player. And I tell a bunch of kids this all the time. Um, and I know it's really cliche, but it, it really like, it, it resounds with me in my story. Um, it's the most important thing to do is to ball when it matters, like mm -hmm. no matter what, like I was a guy probably my sophomore year. Um, I wasn't really like, <clears throat> I wasn't really like physically dominant. I was, I was quick, but I wasn't fast by any means. And I didn't have a, a strong of an arm. I, I could get it there. I could get rid of it. But, and that was the first time I got in division one attention in any sport. I'd had junior college offers or looks, I'd say, in both football and baseball at this point, which mean nothing. It means nothing at mm -hmm. all. So, um, and that's when I really started saying, I was like, okay, maybe baseball is like, you know, obviously I really loved it. I played at a, a baseball program where um, we we're really strict ran, we we're really tight knit, um, and that's what won us championships. So um, I was doing everything I could just to make the varsity team. Like that's, I always feel like, some kids may get ahead of themselves. I'm like, yo, you got to play. Like, yeah. that's the most important part, and you got to provide. So I really put the focus on, in my sophomore year of just being what I could for the team. Um, and that was my – ended up, you know, best lesson for me is that was my best high school season. Mm. You know, because every season after that, I had offers already. So you could say comfortable by, by some means. But um, so that sophomore season, that, uh, that summer I played in Georgia – um for for uh oh funny so so the next summer that's right so the summer after my first varsity season in high school my sophomore year we played uh, our school tournaments and we were allowed to to miss two weekends for vacation so those two weekends of vacation i played with the team in new orleans um and in the world Woodbat tournament in georgia and i did really well in that tournament um I played in the 18U first, and the 17U was next week. So those two weekends I played in Georgia, I did really well for the 18U. Um, and then the next weekend I played uh, played with the 17U squad, and I hit like four home runs. And nice. then my, you know, it changed it changed my life. So oh, excuse nice. me, those was the summer after my junior year. So yeah, I, yeah. I said my summer after my junior year, I had a really good summer in Georgia. Um, so while I was up there in Georgia, the coach um, who was there, he was a Dodgers cross checker. And so East Coast Pro was a tournament happening at the time. Uh, it's a big event for high school kids. Uh, it's basically like PG All-American talent, if you will. Like, and you play a bunch of round robin tournaments. Mm -hmm. So that was an event. And so uh, that happens at the end of the summer. So I had played really well this tournament in Georgia. And my coach said, hey, they just asked if you want to go to a tryout in Jackson for the East Coast Pro team. And I was like, oh, my gosh, please. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's the first time I'd even had a scout kind of like remotely say, hey, man, what are you about? Like, what do you do? Um, so whatever. So but he's like, hey, th this this uh, this trial's tomorrow morning. And I was like, oh, OK. So we're playing a night game at nine o'clock in Marietta. We finished that game at like 11, get back to the hotel at like 12. And so I had never flown by myself. I'd flown with some friends, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So. He was like, hey, we're going to book you a flight to go down to Jackson. And, you know, you'll go do the workout and you'll fly back up there to finish the tournament with us. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. So I'm down there. Um, I'm in Georgia. And I'm going – this is right after I snapped. I went crazy. So I'm riding that. And mm -hmm. then so I have to wake up at 4 o'clock to take a shuttle to the airport. So I'm, I'm tested. This is the first time I'm ever in that minor yeah. league grind type of yep, yep. whatever. 
Um, and so I, I go out there and the first thing we do, so we fly, I fly from Atlanta to Jackson. My grandparents pick me up cause they live in Slidell, which is, um, no, east side of Louisiana, New Orleans-ish area. So they pick me up in the, ja- the airport in Jackson and they drive me to the workout. Um, and the first thing we do at 8 a.m. is run a 60. And I'm tired. I'm tight. Oh, uh, my best 60 to that moment was a 7, was a 6-9. A and uh, I'm in, my, my last name's Cantrell, so we don't pick the groups. So I barely get to move around a little bit. And I run a 6-5. I run my best time of my life. Nice. I don't know. Whatever I'm on, I'm on. Yeah. So I run that time. I have a good batting practice, a good defensive workout. I say bye to my my dad. Actually, came met me later that day, and my grandparents told him later I flew back to Georgia, um, and then I made the team. So that was that was the biggest moment for me because I felt good about the workout, and I had no intention that I'd make the team. I yeah. was just I was like in front of scouts for the first time. I don't even care if I made the team, whatnot. So. Moving ahead in the summer, I played my first game and the first pitch, uh, my first at bat, I hit a, a, a cap ball, a caps changeup, uh, 316 feet because we're playing at the old the, the Yankees spring training place. Yeah. That's where they have So I hit a little dribble, uh, a little squeaker, squeaked over the wall. And my first at bat, I hit a home run. So I was like, yo, this is insane. Yeah. So um, just totally like so much gratitude for that whole experience because that's what got me on that circuit. The rest of that tournament, I basically struck out the whole time. <laughs> hey, it don't matter. You, you but got... it was at that moment that I knew that all I needed to do was believe that I could. That that's that moment individually told me that it's just the perception of everybody else that makes you think that you can do it or not. So, yeah. like, if you definitely don't think that you're supposed to be on that field, no one else thinks you're supposed to be on there either. And especially me for my stature or whatever. So... Really, during that time is really when I got the swagger for playing pro baseball, but I was definitely not ready. My senior year, I ended up getting drafted, courtesy picked by the Yankees in the 40th round mm-hmm. after not being able to come to agreements with some other teams in the middle of the draft. So, Oh, other teams ready. had reached out to you during the draft? Yeah, some oh, teams nice. wanted me to catch. Some teams wanted me to play center field. Some teams wanted me to only be a catcher. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's that. And then, so I was like, you know what? Sounds like they don't have the trust in me as an infielder. So I went to college, and uh, for three years, I felt I would have the opportunity to prove myself as a dom- uh, a pristine glove, I felt mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that. So throughout yeah. the process, I went I'm in the Cape Cod League the first summer. Um, I hit 100. I hit 160. Not very good. So you could say comparable to this year. My, my numbers aren't quite there, and maybe we'll get there at some point. But um, – I knew I knew what the adjustments I had to make. So that off season, I went and made my adjustments before the uh, the next season came around in August. And that sophomore year, I hit nine home runs. Um, was the most I've ever hit in my career at that point, and I was real proud of that. Um, but I also knew too with that adjustment, you know, I was seeing how my my want for more power was was having like it was having its effect on my ability to like put the ball in play. So. That next summer in the Cape, I knew that was another adjustment I'd have to make on top of that. And uh, I hit 314, and I was a Cape Cod All-Star. So what I really learned was, you know, that first summer I really beat myself up about results. Mm. But once I saw how you your work can translate to an adjustment and you can celebrate the adjustment and on top of the failure, it makes it even better. So um, I would say after that summer in the Cape Cod, I really knew that I was built for this. I'd say oh, yeah. mentally, um, doesn't, it doesn't mean there wasn't physical work to be done because that's always where you sharpen your sword. But, hmm. um, I would have to say definitely after that summer in the Cape Cod, you know, I really believed in my talent to compete just no matter what the circumstances were. Um, and that was big for me. I needed to know that conditions aren't always going to be perfect, right. which is, the Cape Cod. you know, that's not ideal hitting league. Home plate 17 inches. It's about 23 in the Cape Cod League. The infields are thick, so nothing's getting through. You can't see the ball because the lights are low. So there's a bunch of excuses you can make, but that was the best season I had had. And that was a big that was a big tip for me to learn. You know, it was, it was yeah. about how you controlled your circumstances and how you viewed them. Um, that trumps over everything else. That, that really matters in the playing game. And I find that no different nowadays. If you're on a field with guys you don't think you belong on the field with, you don't belong on that field. It's mm. that simple. So, yeah. Uh, 
but it's just cool to see how that's always just a reminder every day. Uh, you know, my biggest lesson. So that's incredible. So then, um, what, at what, when did you commit to, uh, the U university of Louisiana? Um, uh, what grade were you in or what year? I, I was, I just began my junior season in the middle of okay. football season. Yeah. So you're trying to be the next Kyler Murray trying to play football and baseball. <laughs> I was. Um, I didn't get recruited to play quarterback, though. I played quarterback my senior year, um, but my money would have been made as a return man, as okay. like punt turner or like probably a slot. I could get open. I could definitely get open, but, yeah. you know, it, it would have to be like a Cole Beasley-style type of game. Maybe like a Hunter Renfro. Or a Cooper Cup. No, okay. give me the MVP guy. Yeah, Cooper yeah, yeah, Cup. yeah, Cooper Cup. All right, I feel that. that guy. <laughs> no, that's what's up, though. You got to have that confidence and swag. I mean – like you get, you, I'll say this: you probably had like the thickest hair, one of the thickest hair in in the Brewers organization. Like, when did that come about? Like, how did that? When did you decide like this is gonna be my thing? Like, I'm gonna, you know, have that swag. I appreciate that. I um, to be honest, I, I struggled as a kid. Um, uh, both of my parents are white, so our our hair is not typically <laughs> this curly and this thick. Um, so for me, a lot like growing up, I would try like all my friends could do the Justin Bieber. They could do the flip. So I went through an unfortunate stage where I would actually try to, like, brush my hair sideways. Oh, no. I had tough times. And then in high school, I did obviously when I had gotten away from that at a certain point. But I had kind of let the fro start rocking. And to be honest, the fro was great. Okay. Everybody loved the fro. My, my, my friends loved my fro. Everybody. So Are we, we going to see it back at any time? I can't promise it okay. because – my sophomore year, my buddy said, hey, man, why don't you go to my barber and we're going to go like because my school, my, I went to a private school. So we also had rules against Mohawks. Okay. So to always kind of wanted a Mohawk. But like and I was like, man, I got like in high school is when I realized like I got the hair for that. Like, mm -hmm. but we had rules against the Mohawks. So I had to kind of like at the beginning, I had to kind of like tiptoe on the line. So like I kind of had like, a flat. So I went kind of like just short on the sides. Okay. okay. At, at the beginning and then towards the end my barber he would keep pushing it into a yeah, mohawk yeah. doing like like at school like that's that's hayden's haircut like yeah he gets the mohawk he gets the mohawk fade whatever that way and so now my barber he cuts me like that every time and every, i think i've always looked at haircuts i'm like man i'm so glad i discovered that haircut the fro is nice the fro would have continued to play for me but it would have just it would have been a different vibe it would have been a little bit it probably would have been a little bit warmer. It would have been a little bit more uncomfortable around the ears. I kind of mm -hmm. like it shorter around the ears. I kind of like that, but a little bit more airy in the summer. So Mohawk kind of just trumped that. But, you know, you never know because I had dreadlocks last year because my hair got so crazy taking the helmet on, taking it off. And I went months without getting a haircut because, like, it was COVID at the time type of thing. And mm -hmm. I didn't have the vaccine. So I was really at, like, disincentivized to go anywhere but the hotel or where i was staying so yeah. i kind of was not playing that card so i went months without getting a haircut i had dreadlocks in the year um but you never know at some point the, the afro may make a return we'll see yeah no and then when you when you after you hit a home run you know you could do the bryce harper like flip your hair so you know something to make it a little make it yours you know you could find your own thing of course but if, if it flip it'll flip but i think we just got it's just stuck a little in the bounce wind. a little bounce here all right <laughs> then you got the the, the helmet fall, falling off like i remember watching like coco chris with it when he had a big old fro when he was with the, dude, the red yes. Sox or oakland that dude would i think he did it on purpose though like he would just flip it like, like he liked dude, to see that, that the hair bounce gnarly, for sure that was gnarly yeah no for sure for sure so um were you looking were you interested in any other schools or was like university of louisiana that was like that was your goal to school like you knew you're going there like what other schools did you visit so that was my that was the school that my dad went to um okay and i knew i was gonna have a, a, a great opportunity to represent my community um i had i had offers from lsu tcu um you know uh tulane southern miss the schools around schools around my area mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day it became about where was i gonna have an opportunity to play mm -hmm. like i was the guy who if if i got stuck behind a certain player i'm a guy that always felt like my my stature my whatever could get easily passed up sure um 
And that's true. I always believe that. And I feel like there's a lot of players around the world that share my pain. So for me, it was really important that I got in the field and I could show, you know, with numbers, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, what it was that I was capable of. So that was the primary incentive. Um, I wasn't running away from competition by any means because I don't think that's in my personality. Right. Um, but I would definitely say, though, that playing was definitely a big factor. Um, and at home, I was going to get it to represent my community. So I always would tell people, it was like, if there was any school that I would want to take to the College World Series, it would have been that school. Yeah. Even though we did regional, and I'm butthurt about that, but that was always the goal for me. If I was going to go with any school, I'd want to go with mine. So, How good was your team? Because I, I know you guys got the regionals a couple times. We, 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 no, we, we never uh-huh. made a regional when I was in college, which was tough. I think the years, the years, a couple years before I was there, um, they were number one in the country mm-hmm. and they had got, gotten to some super regionals. Okay. Um, and whatnot. But no, my squad, we never did. And, um, that was tough. I, that was yeah. something I'd always wanted to be a part of. And, um, you know, life happens the way it is. But, uh, we had a good team. We, we got a lot of guys picked up, I think, in the last few years. Um, a lot of pitchers, a lot of really good pitching, uh, comes out of where I come from. So, um, and then in 14, they had, uh, one guy who made it to the big leagues and, uh, a bunch of other minor league guys, but yeah. Sweet. Right on. Okay. So obviously draft day COVID 2020, um, five rounds. Um, that was, and I've talked to guys who've been drafted that year. Um, guys who went undrafted that year because of COVID and later signed. Um, yeah. Like, what was, like, the mindset going into that um, into that draft? Like, did you – I mean, I'm sure you, you assumed you were going to get drafted that, that year. Your agent probably talked to you about that. Um, but what was it like just being in such a, like a, a unique, like, draft situation? Yeah, I mean, it was certainly a unique draft situation. But, um, I like, uh, for me, for in that situation, we had just had 17 games canceled. Mm-hmm. I got out to a slow start. Uh, which was unfortunately very typical of me in college to start out slow. Um, and in my draft year, I, I got cut short. So right in the middle of it, I had bad numbers. We had won a ton of games. We had won, we had won some games, but um, not enough. And then we were about to start cooking as a team. But um, as an individual, as somebody entering the draft, I had I had my own work in front of me just telling me that I hadn't done enough. Um, and that's why I always thank God for the Cape Cod League because you tore it um, up though had, your last season had there. Had I not performed there, like a lot of people, it's easy to, to say, "Okay, he's not ready." You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So the the mentality for me though, I was a guy who I felt like I was ready to compete at a professional level. Um, you know, nothing against college, but you know, after after your third year, that's when if you're if you're wanting to go, that's when you plan on leaving. So um, there was no. There was no like, uh, there was no dis- miscommunication between me and our coaching staff at school. We knew this was probably the year I wasn't going to be going, so or I was going to be going. Um, but coming into the draft, you know, we had no, I had no idea how how much the five rounds would play. Um, but we had always thought it would play into a bigger pool of money because mm-hmm. it was only five rounds. But um, as we as the draft started unfolding, we started seeing that not become the the, the actual the way the draft was playing out. Right. I think you saw when we were watching the 2020 draft, we saw a lot of, we saw a lot of like money go early. There was a lot of money spent early just throughout the draft. But for me, in my case, I was a predicted, you know, before that season started predicted second rounder mm-hmm. um, could have played myself into one had I had a better 17 game stretch, but that wasn't the case. Um, so I was looking around like three, four, five, most likely for this draft. And I knew what the money value had been for that in the past. And I actually thought the the value of only five rounds compared to 40, as it was when I was in high school, I thought the money would pull over more. Mm-hmm. It was like but the opposite what, almost. Yeah, it was, it was completely opposite. I, you saw a bunch of school uh, – like I saw guys in my conference, no offense to them, who went before me that – like I knew they they weren't we weren't valued the same, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know that's when I really started learning. I was like, oh man, dude, like it's gonna be harder to get a deal. So what I thought I was worth was 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 not what I was gonna be getting in this draft, um, you know. And not to say I didn't deserve what I was paid because 
you know, whatever I signed for, I signed for. But, um, you know, coming into that, you know, I had, I had assumed that it was going to be a lot better than that. But um, I remember being without a deal for the majority of the draft because of that, where our teams were like, no, nah, we don't have that. We don't have that. And I'm like, what yeah. do you, you know, so that was happening a lot for, um, you know, not just me. A lot of my friends were going through it, too. Mm-hmm. And we were all we're all phoning each other the whole time. Like, yo, this is crazy. What's going on? And guys in our conferences gone before us for, for cheap, cheap. And, um, you know, and that, that's how that draft was planned. So whenever my phone rang with an opportunity that I was, I was cool with, we were very excited to be able to, uh, to get to work, but you know, there's definitely a very high, strong, um, probably a panicky feeling for a lot of guys. Um, I had a lot of people at my house. I'd invited over, um, you know, not, not because it's like that, but there's a lot of people that who had Support. a lot of hand and, uh, and I truly felt though they, they were part of the moment. Mm-hmm. It, it had, it had, it had not a hundred percent to do with my effort without question. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd say some of them truly valued the experience. So yeah. that's why, that's why I had a lot of people there, but I was, you know, the fifth round came and my dad, my dad, you know, I, I didn't keep my dad in the loop because I just I didn't want to do it that way. Mm-hmm. I just let me and my agent handle it at that point. But um, he was like, "Hey, man, we're good." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, we're good." And in yeah, my yeah, head, yeah. I'm like, "This is crazy, yep, bro. Yep. I don't know what to say, you know, because my phone was blowing up." And they're like, "Hey, we got this for you." And I'm like, "No, we're, I mean, no." Yeah. But that a lot of the phone calls we had were like, "Hey, they're offering this. I just want you to let you know we're obviously knowing this, right?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, but it sucks, you know. You're seeing that happen." And, you know, meanwhile, you're still the seven-year-old. You know, you're mm-hmm. still the kid who just wanted to, who wanted cheeseburgers to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I'm still that kid into the bone. But it's it's very hard to to play both sides of that when you're in that moment. But I'm just just excited that it worked out uh, in a great great yeah. manner for me. No, absolutely. And you get to you get drafted uh, by the Brewers, an awesome organization. Like their minor league um has a, has a decent amount of talent like i said i've talked to several guys on the on the uh on the in their organization um you started in high a you moved to low a you had you know a good good decent season like i mean it's your first professional season like you only go up from here um yep so like wh- how did they tell you that you're going to double a like what was that how was that uh like transition how do they let you know that you're you're getting uh promoted at the Biloxi? well well, it happened just after a Sunday game. It just it there was it was certainly not to my prediction. You know, I I would say like to to the way I was viewing it, I was I was grinding my butt off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think one thing that I, I'm starting to see that um, that's valued is I had tremendous plate discipline scores sure. across the league. So. Um, whether that have been calls that went against me or for me, um, you know, I was, my scores were like as swings on the zone, uh, where I was hitting balls and how I was hitting them, um, as far as swinging it were better than I thought analytically, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a competitor. I come from the school of you, you, you did this today or you didn't, there's no, mm-hmm. like you did this, like. Like you got out, but you you still were you know that doesn't always add up to where I come right, from. Right, right. It comes from provide or you don't provide. So mm-hmm. in my head, I always had the feeling of I haven't done enough. Um, every time I, I showed up to the field, so I never felt like I was I was deserved of of getting elevated. But it had nothing to do with my mentality of not being prepared for it. If that makes sense, yeah. You yeah. Know? So I felt um, like for me. Uh, you know, right after a Sunday game, you know, this is when it happened. I had gotten a few barrels. Um, and I think that's, I think that's maybe what, you know, what would play part in the process. You know, I, obviously I don't, I don't handle that. I don't argue with, with, right. with moving up, you know, yeah, but, yeah, no, of course. Um, you know, for me, I put together just, I felt like I was grinding the whole, the whole summer really, um, you know, just fouling off the wrong pitches time to time. And then, you know, you pair that enough with three at bats where a guy will call a ball three, two pitches out or whatnot and like it doesn't look good in a box score but you know whenever you're being graded on how um the ball crosses in a track man zone that's actual literal and like so as far as that goes i was like one of the best in the league if not the best i don't know what my scores were i was also i was also leading minor leagues and walks at that at at a certain time too so like i was i was consistently getting on base at a high rate without even getting hits which is crazy um 
And then, and then from time to time, whenever I show, when I show what it's like when I'm on the barrel and, and I'm, and I'm consistent with it, it's loud. And, and, uh, you know, so for me, I always trusted the fact that you can always get to that point. You're always mm. one swing away from being back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, but I wanted to make sure throughout the whole process, I didn't lose who I am. Um, and I think that's one thing that I do, um, very well in this game. I think I show up and I pride myself and I'm good in the areas. I pride myself. I'm good at, and yeah. I want to be good at strike zone discipline. And so throughout the 2021 season, um, right and left-handed, um, I had a pretty good visual on the ball. Um, and to be honest, I had never been pitched that way in my life. You know, even in the Cape Cod league, it was hmm. still pretty, it was still pretty basic. Like looking back, you're like, dang, I wish I can go hit yeah, those yeah. guys again. Um, but, but that's the part of the skill. And then now the fun part is, um, you know, I get to go, I could get to go make my adjustments for year two. And there's, I, I, I that's what I couldn't wait for. You know, I, yeah. I am a, I'm a perfectionist. I am, I'm not the most organized. If you would, somebody would come take a walk in my day in their life, they would not be impressed maybe by orderliness, but, um, there's certainly a method to the way I approach off season and the way I love to, to get after baseball. Baseball yeah. is a lot different for me in the way that, uh, you know, I prioritize making my adjustments. So looking to come back this year and, uh, you know, go see what, what the numbers say, but, um, you know, the, the mentality of the grind never changes. Yeah, no. And like speaking of the minor league, it's, a, it's an absolute grind. Um, like the, the bus rides, the, the food, the hotels, um, I love hearing the different stories of like just the unique places that you go to. And I, I always ask this, like, is there a city that you've traveled so far in, in, uh, in the minors that you absolutely just look at yourself and think, where am I? Like, I have no idea where I'm at. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I would. Um, I think, I think we played in, I think Beloit, Wisconsin was definitely one of the places that I said that about. Um, <laughs> but that's also where like, I got, I got my swagger back at the same time. Right. Yeah. So, like I think Beloit, on multiple occasions, has been voted like worst minor league ballpark of all time. Like yeah, they needed all- a new one and they got one, so that's. And I play. We were the first ones to play at the new one, so I know about that one too. That was sweet. Um, but um, for me, I was I had a all right. I was doing all right to this point. Um, obviously, this is I I know what my good standards are. So mm-hmm. last year doesn't touch them. Yeah. Right. I I just processed really well last year. That's the way I look at it. But. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so I, I was just about like heating up. And so we go to Beloit um, and we're like, you're looking for technology, right? So we got like everywhere you play, like you take it for granted. There's a pitch clock. Every every game you play, you take it for granted. There's a VLO board. Mm-hmm. You know, there's animations on the scoreboard. Yeah. There's a, a whatever. There's a so you go to Beloit, Wisconsin, and you're back in you're back in Stone 12, Ages. You, uh, you're back in 12. You you can't hear anything. I'm basically at a high school stadium. I'm playing against dudes. I'm this is professional baseball. It's it's fast, it's violent, yeah. it's quick. Um and then I, I just remember I was like, man, this is like I needed to be back here. I needed to we had we had the these tiny brick uh dugouts that were like they were ovens. They were mini ovens. I think they had like dead rats on like Jeez. It was bad. It, yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. No, I've heard I've heard horror stories about the late. Like the that's where like the uh, like the, the the floor is all dirty and the locker room is all nasty and the, it's, yeah it's... <laughs> yeah my my locker this that week was in the bathroom that week <laughs> I didn't have a locker I was in the bathroom I was like they have like the corridor before you yeah. get in before you step into the open showers where everybody showers at my my locker was my duffel bag on the floor right Jeez. there so but I think I think the the beauty in those types of places is like. If you're a true ball player, yeah. you get back into touch of what really matters. Yep, so, yep. like, I really found, like, those days that I was, like, I took the camera out, and I was, like, this is just crazy. So, I vlogged when we were in Beloit. You can go check that video out. But I remember I was, like, let me just go walk around. Like, yeah. like this is a baseball tournament. That I, I can't go sit in the locker room and, and play on my phone and, and be on whatever. Or I can't, I can't enjoy myself in there. Certainly not. So, yeah. it was, like. I'm going to go sit outside. I'm going to go talk to some of the fans who are around. And, like, cool part about places like that is they still had people who just truly love going and watching baseball. Mm-hmm. So, And so anytime I can be in an environment where I can talk to somebody who loves the game, period, sure. it's a lot better than being in a horrible place. Yeah. Um, and then so 
that was the first time I I hit two home runs in the same game in, in pro ball. Um, and I was like, man, I had my, it was 4th of July. We were in a, not where you want it. You 4th of July, you envisioned yourself on like a, a sick pier yep, yep. With, with, with fireworks. The aesthetics of it and everything. Yeah. That's not where we were, but <laughs> like I managed to have like a, a pretty, like a, pit, a pivotal time in my sure. life happened during the 4th of July in Beloit, Wisconsin, in a place where everybody was like, man, I don't even know how hard this guy's throwing. You could be throwing 98 yeah. or, eight, or 88. We really couldn't tell, and the lights are low. So you, anytime somebody threw a spin, like, you really weren't sure what pitch it was. So, like, it actually gets dangerous at a certain point. Guys get hit up in the shoulder area because yeah. they can't get out of the way in time. Jeez. So, But I was truly there where I was like, man, that's like – I need to be in touch of more of how I would prepare to play in this sort of atmosphere, you know. It's like a reset almost, just kind of like bring it back to your like your roots, your baseball roots. Exactly, you know, and that's corny and can be like overused from time to yeah. time, but that's like that's very profound. Like going anywhere where you are comfortable is always a good start. Like whether like whether you've been taking steps backwards, if you're if you still stand somewhere where it's comfortable at least you know where forward is yep. if you know where forward is you can make moves but that's, you know and that's, that's exactly cool. the, the reset that's a great way of putting it no no for sure did you ever go to um man i had a couple people tell me this place uh it actually might be low way you weren't you weren't, you weren't in low way but what, uh clint huh clinton no oh i don't know it's it's the mother earth lodge that's like the the old fashioned like sixties like or like polka dots on the the bed like the walls are polka dot they have they like this old school like uh, mini golf but like it's not like a modern mini golf it's like the legit like square like it's like it's not even fun but I've had like three four guys tell me about that place it's just like the worst place they've ever been in <laughs> yeah I don't know about that man I don't know oh <laughs> uh, no no who was it Brandon Brandon Kinnar he's he told me about it um who else told me about it? Peter Strzelecki, uh, he's he's in AAA now though, but he said he went out there a couple of years ago. But uh, no, like it's yeah. some, it's some of the craziest places you go to. Like these, a lot of these minor league stadiums are in the middle of nowhere. Like these smaller towns, and uh, I know it, you just feel like you're literally like in the middle of nowhere. Um, have you had any like weird interaction with fans? I mean, I, I guess you could always call them weird, but um, like. I always look at it from the standpoint of like somebody idolizes you to a degree. Sure. You know what I mean? So um, I always find myself like in those sort of environments, trying to like humanize the situation, like try to make it like real if yeah. I can, whether I just be asking them their name or something. Um, I don't, I mean, like I'm not easy. I'm not easily offended. Like people don't, people don't ever say anything that really like gets under my skin or cause you probably couldn't. But mm -hmm. um I mean, I've in college I've played in some very racist places, um, you know, and that's that's that experience. And yeah. so, as far as like weird, that's what weird feels like to okay. me. Weird, like where I don't know how to respond. Like, what, what, is, what are some of the things that? Oh, sorry, go ahead. But, but outside of that, like, like if guys are heckling me, yeah, that's part of my fire. Like, okay, because when I don't even if I don't respond, I still win. It doesn't yeah. matter. I can respond and suck, and it's okay because that's I'm playing my sport. Yeah, they pick their ticket. Yeah, yeah. It's me and my homeboys, and we're spending. And if we're so down bad that we gotta go rag some twenty three year old kid yeah. who's trying, who's going hard, like yep, then that yep. kid, then twenty three year old kid is the man. That's right. You know, so that's where I get with the heckling. So heckling fuels me because then when I do something dope, we can all be like, hey, and I don't even that. have to be like face with it it's be like yeah. hey we're still having a good time like so, i'm not tripping about it yeah so have you has anyone ever like chirped you and then you go like you know get uh get a home run or hit a sweet hit and then you kind of look at them like like you know kind of just like nod at them like yo i got you it's not about them that's no, I not know, the point I know. you know and that's true and i'm not i'm not, I'm yeah, not saying yeah. there's anything wrong with that but for me it's better to leave that dude hanging yeah like he, for him that. to for me to for him to come back he's expecting me to dog him yeah. So when I don't dog him, he's like, damn, he really just did that. That's a power move on your side then. Yeah, for sure. You you take as much as you can because then the next week they're going to be like, yo, we, we messed with you, bro, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I've had some, like, like YouTube subscribers. I've, I've, I've met some that um, just kind of, like, expect a, a conversation necessarily. And, 
like a lot of times they'll catch me in my flow listen and it's not it's not bad because like if i'm a kid and i see somebody i really really love yeah and if, if i love them like if i was a fan yeah, of somebody I and i walked past them at a canes or something and be like hey man it's like I watch your videos. Like, that's how it works a lot of time. I'm like, man, thank you for watching, man. I mm-hmm. appreciate that. And when I go back to my, my thing and then they're like, they, they like will not pay, they will not carry on the conversation for like three minutes and then like come back and grab my attention like a little bit. Yeah. Like it's hard. Like I don't really, it's not a problem for me because I like, I embrace the opportunity to influence whoever it is I'm around. But at the same time, like I find it like that's when it becomes difficult to be like out in public but that's that's not that's not a frequent occasion for me most of my fans when i meet them in person or 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 just people who love the game it's it's very cordial i would say um especially around my fans i think we really they will bring up specific moments in the videos and Mm -hmm. we will actually talk well we can they can ask me a legitimate baseball question like Hey, and I'm having struggle filing this pitch off. Like, what do I do? And so, like, in my YouTube comments, that's usually when I'm at. But I'm basically like my YouTube comics in real life. Like, if you give me a compliment, like, I'm not leaving anybody hanging. More times than not, if you want me to sign an autograph, I'll stay for an hour. I'll stay for two hours. If as long as I can get a ride back to the hotel, I got nothing else better to do than if it makes your day, then I'm all for it. But, um, you know, some, some people, some people, you know, they're just the second you start the interaction, you know, you know what their intention is. And it's not, it's not yours. You know, some of some of them are trying to mess with you or whatever. And as long as you know how to handle that, as long as you identify that in real time, mm-hmm. then you can either make them realize how, how dumb they're being by just, just by being even more respectful or whatnot. But um, you know, that, that, that doesn't happen very often. I usually enjoy most of my interactions. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. So have you had any like, um, weird things that people have asked you to sign because I had um, I had Zach Britton on. He was actually drafted in 2020 with you uh, to the uh, to the Blue Jays, and he told me he was at a game and some kid asked him to sign his forehead, <laughs> and he was like, "No, dude, I'm not gonna sign your forehead." Like, uh, I, don't, I don't, I haven't had any like body part like signing weird things. I've, I just had like the the come on, bros, like. They give you a pencil and ask them to sign a shirt. I'm like, come on, bro. Yeah. You know, that it's more so of that. <laughs> but I, I started fixing that problem a long time ago. I bring my markers with me now just in case. Yeah. So <laughs> I respect that. Yeah, you never know. And I'm sure you'll get it. Like, it's your first season in here. I'm sure you're going to get a ton more uh, interesting, unique, like, experiences with fans. They're going to be asking you to sign the most random things. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> probably I'll probably won't say no to most of them. Right. Uh, I, I won't push it, but I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I'll sign a forehead if you want me to sign the forehead. That's on you to clean. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I respect that. I respect that. So when you're when you're not playing baseball or uh, YouTubing, what do you do? Like, what do you do? You golf? Um, are, are you? Yeah, you play- I'll I'll golf from time to time. Um, like to be honest, the, the the YouTube thing really takes a big big chunk of what I do. Um, not, and it's not necessarily all recording and editing. I'd say a lot of it has to do with, um, like reading analytics and then, uh, marketing, like social media is actually one of my biggest, like one of my biggest struggles, like making social media posts. Um, like I grew up, I grew up with the internet. Mm -hmm. I grew up before it basically. And I grew up like right before social media boomed and then when it's booming right now. So like I've grown like like to be against it, you know, like all of us were disincentivized to like social media from the beginning to, to having to love it, to get myself on. Mm-hmm. I always thought that I had to use social media to get myself a, a pro, like a, a platform to get drafted right, whether, right. or recruited by making YouTube videos. Cause actually my dad, I, I was kind of just, I, I, my first video I made was the one in the Cape. But my dad used to make highlight videos of me and I used to help him edit them. So that was the first time I kind of saw how like YouTube influence I had. So like videos that I made just of my highlights before, like three years before I made a YouTube channel, I had like 10,000 views. Oh, sweet. So I was like, I was like, oh, people like watching. So that's when I learned people like watching what they like to watch, period. And if you're posting that, you're posting that. But social media for, for me, like, as a as somebody who tries to be super 
efficient with my time and I'm not the most organized, I can't, I, I, I waste, I can't waste zero time on my phone. If I'm, if I'm up, I'm on my feet walking, like physically doing something. And then like in between that, that's where I struggle, where it's like, I have my brand, I have my merch. Um, so real life, most like CEOs, whatever, would have people hired for each one of those positions. Right. But like where I'm at in the process, it's all independent. One, because I want to control all of it mm-hmm. because that's how I am in general. I care about the way I do it. Right. Um, but I also learned like how important those other things are and why it's, why it's easy to have other people do it. So, you know, just paying attention to those avenues, like that's kind of, I'm really in that environment right now. Um, as far as like, what I do outside of baseball. And then like, I like, I like, I like, pro- I'm interested in like product design. So mm-hmm. like, like I'm interested in like, uh, like shoes and stuff like that. So I'm actually working on, and I probably shouldn't say this too loud, but I am going to say it. I'm working on some shoes I'm trying to make for myself. Um, so I, I work, I no, don't, you're, I don't you're have to like design, like this, like design the, the style or whatnot or what? Yeah. So, okay. Not not gonna be a real open ended on it right now, but working on working on like product design for shoes, and then um, like I like I like looking at batting gloves and how they're put together and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So interesting. Um, I enjoy all that because you know also with the merchandise, I have one of my hoodies right here. Yeah. Um, shout out the Have a Day hoodie, but um, a lot of also my off season is making the merch. So we okay. actually don't I outsource it, and I don't we don't we don't pay somebody to do it. We actually make it, um, at our place. So I learned all the ins and outs of, of some product design for my own self mm-hmm. and, um, getting a hang of that. But, you know, just in, and I, like in all reality, make, by getting, uh, getting your equipment and then going through the process of making it, packaging it and getting it to the post office. That is ginormous chunks of time yeah. that, um, that I donate like, with my extra so and i'm cool with that i usually don't mind i usually don't mind spending time if it's hustle but um i do realize that as i go on i do want to spend more time doing things i want to do like like bowling for example yeah. i like bowl uh golf i do i do play golf i have a golf membership that me and my buddies can play up to like five days a week depending on how we're feeling or how many balls we're losing yep um what else we do? Me and my brother are gamers. What do you um, What do you I, play? What, what Xbox, PlayStation? What games? I, I have a Series X. Okay. Um, Nintendo Switch. I I currently play. Uh, I play Warzone from time to time. Uh, we're not. A, we were never allowed as kids to play video games during the week. Yeah. So I have to wait for the weekend to play with my little brother. Um. So in the meantime, I have like Mario Golf on the Nintendo Switch. Um. Super Smash. I'm waiting on uh. I'm waiting on MLB The Show to come out. That's actually coming out for the Switch this year, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to play a lot of that when that comes out. Um, but I wish they had Mario Baseball for the Switch. I keep saying that. I keep tweeting at them like once a month. It's like, hey, Nintendo, you guys still don't yeah. have Mario Baseball for the Switch, which is a disgrace. If you've ever played the game, it's one of their best, and they don't make it. But that's besides the point. Um, let's see. Um, I like, I like, I started swimming about two years ago and one of my biggest fears is drowning. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so what, so it's a valid a fear of, though, if you're being honest. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, a couple off seasons ago, I, I wanted to make a, a stride in my, my, my training. I wanted to switch it up. Um, and so swimming, swimming was an avenue I went down, uh, and I got unbelievable, uh, stamina results, unbelievable, um, endurance results and long-term throughout the day. So, um, you know, I'll get in the pool from time to time. I was a lot better at that a couple years ago, but I'll do that. And then, um, yeah, I mean, outside of that is it's, it's the grind, you know, it's, it's, it's wake up, eat, sleep, think baseball. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly editing my stuff, which means I'm editing my workouts and editing my, my thought processes and editing, uh, my swings and whatnot. So, uh, more times than not, I probably have a video in slow motion on my phone. I'm looking at of myself trying to improve. Um, and if I'm not doing that, I'm probably hydrating, eating. If I'm not doing that, I'm probably working out, throwing a baseball. Or I'm probably sleeping outside of that. But No, I respect um, that. 
pretty pretty predictable outside of those areas. Yeah, no, um, I, I respect that. I mean, I feel like a lot of uh, minor leaguers are picking up golf. I feel like that's a big thing. Um, like I like um, Nick Bennett. Like, oh, he I, he's like golfing every other day. Like, like, I swear the guy golfs like every other day. Um, yeah, he's a, he's. A, I think he's really good though. He's he's, like, he's a lot better than from what I've been told. That's sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, yeah. I'm trying to think. I I've never golfed. I'm not a golfer. I can't golf. Like, I wish I could. Um, but yeah, no. Hey, um, I want to thank you for coming on though. I I know like um, I do appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're busy. Um, I know it's been. Uh, uh, the season's about to start a couple of weeks now. Excited. I wish you were still, I mean, I'm glad you're not, but I mean, I wish you still in Appleton because that's that way I can see you pitch or not pitch, see you play. But uh, when you get to Milwaukee, uh, I'll, I'll watch you play then. Like, the, you know, I'll be there after your debut. You just gotta let me know. You gotta uh, just send me a DM, be like, hey, it's happening, you know, show me the design. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you'll know before then, but. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could be there at your debut. I'll, I'll have to get a sign. I'll have to get like a like a big old sign. I'll be in the stands. Hopefully, I get the camera guy to pan up on me. I'll uh, I'll, I'll 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 put on my on my YouTube channel. Hey, if that happens, I'll probably have my camera guy there. My camera guy wants to be there if I can make it too. So we'll we'll capture it all on camera. Yo, I'll be your camera guy for the day. Like you just you let oh. me know. I'll send okay. all the footage over to you. Oh, that's easy money then. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. You just gotta let me know. Yeah, I mean, I won't break it. You know, I'm not, I'm not passing. But uh, you know, <laughs> cool deal. Right on. Well, hey, I do appreciate you coming on again, Hayden. I'm excited to see what you do uh, coming this this upcoming season. I'm excited to see what uh, all of, all of the minor leaguers do. Uh, the Brewers, they have a great club. I'm, I'm excited for that. Got to got every day's the test. Got to show up for it. So, got to keep doing that. Yeah, man, you keep grinding uh, your YouTube channel, keep grinding as a baseball player. I mean, I'm grinding here in the podcast world. Shout out for me for having sweet guests like you on the podcast. I mean, I've just been gr- gr- grinding away myself. You know you know, you know, know the content game. Like, you understand the, the, the way it goes, so I appreciate that. But anyway, hey, I'll, I'll let you go, Hayden. Uh, I do appreciate you, again, you taking your time, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, all right on, brother. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.